Ever wonder what lies behind every thriving business? Well, in this show, that's what we explore. Throughout my experience, I have found that every entrepreneur's journey is a tale of dreams, sacrifice, and relentless adaptation to make those dreams come true. So let's jump right in on this episodic adventure into entrepreneurship, Small Business Chronicles. Hey, everybody. Today on the Small Business Chronicles, I want to introduce Andrea Pass of andreapasspr.com. PR is her game. That's what she does in a world that we find ourselves online all the time and more businesses and entrepreneurs get personal. uh, You you need to have someone to help you navigate that. And that's what she does. Uh, How are we doing today? Hey, Ryan, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, no problem. So I've got some questions because we're going to talk about your journey. So we're going to start where you're at now and kind of work our way back. Why PR? Well, it's hard to start now with that because that actually started a long, long time ago. I was always the publicity chair of every committee in high school and college. I was the one writing the press releases and calling the newspapers and hanging up flyers for an event. And... When I got to college, I was going to be a broadcaster and I majored in radio, TV, film, communications. And when I got out of college and went to CBS because I wanted to be the next Dan Rather. So, of course, I'm dating myself for certain people who have no clue who Dan Rather (laughs) is. But um, I went to New York City and there I was with my little blue navy blue suit and my little briefcase with my initials engraved on the briefcase and, and my little packet of business cards that had no information yet on them uh, and got a job at CBS and eventually ended up doing media relations for the CBS radio division and realized I love PR and I didn't want to be a broadcaster traveling the globe. I wanted a combination of a career and a white picket fence. And I realized that I wanted both. I wanted to have that life. I wanted to have work. And I wanted to have a balance. And so PR provided that. And so I've always loved public relations and the whole concept of getting this message out to audiences to help grow my clients. And so public relations ended up being the direction that I took that led me to starting Andrea Pass Public Relations a number of years ago and becoming an entrepreneur. And who knew? It wasn't something on my agenda. So it's kind of a a backwards forward story and answer to your question, but that's how I got to Andrea Pass Public Relations. I've noticed that in a lot of people's journey is where they ended up is not necessarily where they were going. Um, the the way that I kind of got into marketing was I had a podcast before about 10 years ago, and it became reasonably successful for the region that we were in. And I started making marketing for the people on the podcast. I, it, that was not even on my radar to do. And then now it, that backed into that and and took off on a whole new career direction. So after CBS... Um, what, what happened after CBS? Then I decided to go on the agency side of things. When I was at CBS, we had a two person media relations department and the woman was, who was my boss was not going anywhere, which meant there was no way for me to move up the ladder. So of course, when you're starting out, that's part of your planning. How am I moving up a corporate ladder? How am I growing in my career? And After a number of years there, 
I realized there was no growth. There was no opportunity. So I had to figure out what was next and said, okay, I'll go to the public relations agency side of things. And I moved over to the agency side, working for a number of New York City area public relations firms, where I represented this wide variety of clients, many uh, in the as seen on TV products area and other consumer products. But wait, there's more those middle of the night infomercials that now you see in all day parts, uh, authors, universities, uh, business services. And I loved this agency side where you can do so much. You don't have to stay pigeonholed into one topic. And therefore, I was never bored and always loved what I did. So I was working on the agency side for many, many years, uh, growing to become the vice president of media relations for a few different PR firms. And um, after I left one firm, I ended up working remotely before the real big days of remote for a Los Angeles-based firm, and I'm a Jersey girl, so they set up my home office, and I was working in a home office environment uh, before most people were. And it was a great experience because I was using go-to meetings. That was what we all did with our video meetings prior to the I remember Zoom. that, yes. <laughs> For that, and, uh, and so I had this mindset of working remotely and working in a home environment, whereas... And I still follow that today. I'm up at 6.30 in the morning working out. I am had my breakfast, showered, and I'm dressed in front of my computer by 8 in the morning most days. And people laugh at me. And if I stood up right now, you would see I'm in a dress. I am dressed up four days a week. Because for me, because of the fact that I was doing this prior to the pandemic, I was in a business state of mind and being dressed was part of how I grew in business. And when you don't know when you have a meeting or something might come up, it was that, that mindset that, that sort of formed me in this whole small business approach. And, um, and then I had an opportunity to start my own agency and I was scared to pieces I was terrified to pieces, but I had so many clients that said to me, Andrea, you can do this. And I had one client who said to me, I'm going to be your first client. And he even bought me my first set of business cards. And I had a photographer, a friend of mine, who, what did I know about websites? So he says, I'll make a website for you. So, you know, I had the website, I had the business cards, I had my first client, I started communicating with other people and letting them know. And suddenly I had a, a, a full, a full schedule of clients. So, you know, going from corporate for CBS agency side, and then starting my own business was this process of 25, 30 years. So in, in this journey, was there ever a time that you thought about giving up that it wasn't that you questioned because you said you're back in high school, you're doing public releases, you go through CBS. But was there ever a time that you got to a point that it just it just felt like it wasn't the right path or have you always known? I don't think I ever thought it wasn't the right path. I did have an experience 
a horrible experience working for a bully boss. Uh, and, and a lot of people leave jobs because of the boss, not because of the job. And in that situation, uh, there were two of us as the vice presidents of the agency and the other VP and I, we used to joke that we would be skinny if we lost weight crying because we were always crying. And it was, um, it was a horrible experience working for this individual, but my clients were great. My coworkers were great. I loved what I did. So I never questioned public relations. I just questioned that, that situation. It, it sounds like you've had a very successful pass, uh, path getting to, to where you're at. What I like to ask people on my show, though, is tell me about a couple of your failures, because because success is never a linear path. It's it's not what they show that you go straight forward into what you need. So what was some of the times that you had to stop, recalculate and reevaluate the direction? Well, I think. You know, I, I don't like to say the word failure, but certainly staying in a toxic work environment for way longer than I should have uh, was something that, I, you know, in, in, I look at it two ways. If I left earlier, maybe my path wouldn't have taken me to starting Andrea past public relations. Or if I stayed later, would I have had a nervous breakdown? I don't <laughs> I don't know what right. the, the middle would have been in, in that but that time and staying in that environment for eight and a half years, I was successful for my clients. My clients loved me and stayed at the agency because of me and the work I did. They did not stay at the agency for the person whose name was on the door. In fact, most of my clients could not tolerate the owner of the company. And, um, and so I think that looking at those, I, I didn't ever have failures in public relations because I would secure press coverage, TV coverage, magazines, newspapers. And then as the world changed and we had blogs and, and, and other streams of media, I was always successful in securing coverage for my clients to get them out there and grow their brands using an earned media model. So that was never the failure. The failure was basically being terrified of this boss and um, every occasion I would take a vacation and I would get called and yelled at on vacation, but the vacation had been approved. And I, I had a client once call me, I had gotten off a ride at Disney World and he says, where are you? I said, oh, we just got off this ride at Disney World. He says, oh my God, Andrea, I totally forgot. I'll talk to you when you get back. I said, no, no, you're calling. He says, I called the office and they insisted that I call you on the cell phone. I forgot you were on vacation. And the office should have said, she's on vacation. Is there someone else who could help you? But that isn't how that boss thought. It had to be Andrea or no one else. And so I think the failure was me not speaking up and taking care of myself sooner. However, if I left earlier, would it have led me to Andrea past public relations eventually? I don't know. So it's those woulda, coulda, shouldas. You don't know what it would have been in your life. But for those of us who've chosen to become entrepreneurs and start small businesses, we have to look at all of those as learning experiences that got us to where we are today. 
it, one of my favorite quotes is it's never a failure as long as a lesson is learned. And I fully believe in that because if, if you go out and you fail, you still learn something. If, if you're trying to move forward and successful and fear is a real thing, because I, I noticed when you were talking, you said you were scared to do this and you were scared to do that. Going out on your own and starting your own business is terrifying to take those risks, to take uh, to, to take those punches on the chin, I guess, because you know it's coming. Because when you're an employee at a company, there's somebody there to take those punches for you. Uh, when, when, you're, when you're head of the ship, that's it, when, when, when it's you. So it brings me to my next question is, so being an entrepreneur and maybe NPR, how has it personally affected you? Your sacrifices, your time in, uh, willing or unwilling, what, what's some of the personal costs of, of being a successful entrepreneur? I have to say, I love being an entrepreneur. I never thought this was part of my life's path. And I think that recognizing your ability and believing in yourself, but you need a support system. I wouldn't have been able to do this if I didn't have the support of my husband, my family, my coworkers from past jobs, uh, networking people. It, it takes a village. And yes. I think that that's where you have to come from. I'm in a different situation. I'm not shy to say in the United States, we must think about insurance. Unfortunately, we need health insurance. My husband carries the health insurance from his company. Therefore, it made it easier for me to be able to leave a company because I still had health insurance. And unfortunately, I look at so many other entrepreneurs and that's the biggest challenge is to pay for health insurance. So I didn't have that to worry about, but knowing that you know, my husband supported me, my adult children supported me, other people I've known throughout my career were there to support me. And then I found new networks. So I think that you look at that, I was so scared. But the fact that I had a client within my first few days, and by the end of four, six weeks, I had a full bevy of clients, and I was scared. I was definitely scared, but I was getting press coverage. I was doing what they were paying me to do. And so I had results that they saw I was able to achieve on their behalf. So as a public relations professional, I wasn't reporting in to someone else who was the boss. I was reporting into myself and I had to get the job done because I had a contract with these clients. I didn't want anyone saying anything negative about me. Um, and if there was something I couldn't achieve, I had to zig and zag so I can achieve something else. And in the world of public relations, it's not a given. Just because you say you want to be featured in the New York Times doesn't mean it's happening. And I have to set realistic goals with my clients who think, oh, I belong on the Today Show. Well, you don't. No one knows your company. You don't have anything lifestyle oriented. You don't have breaking news. However, there are other media outlets that are right for you, said client. So that is up to me to educate the client, to be able to work effectively with the client and there are many times, hey, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. That's okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest and set realistic expectations. 
And I had a client that, believe it or not, I just fired. So in my years of business, I fired two clients over the years. And this client was not giving me any information. And I joked. I didn't take mind reading 101 in college. <laughs> How would I know this information? And I had no meat to share with the press. So I can't make it up. I want my clients to give me facts. So there was that challenge. So I think that there are so many things that go into being an entrepreneur, but yes, it's scary. It's really scary. Uh, so my next question is, if you can, uh, what is your... Uh, what would be, if you can talk about it, who's your most significant client to date? Because PR is kind of a fun topic of, of what we're doing. So, Oh my goodness. I've worked with so many amazing clients over my career, but I would have to say the most, the hardest work and the most fun was working for a number of as seen on TV product clients that I mentioned previously before. And what we did was we created pitch events. So it was very Shark Tank-ish. And <laughs> we would go into different markets and inventors who had inventions could come and pitch my client on their invention. Now, the whole goal of this was not only to find new products, but really to get press coverage, to grow awareness of my clients and their current products. So at all of these events, we'd have our panel, but there would always be a side table with all of the clients' products on them. And we would do morning TV. What are we gonna be doing today? And here are some of the products that already exist. And, and creating these events and finding locations, one of the most fun locations was in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, uh, the Charlotte uh, minor league hockey team invited us. We did a whole agreement with them. And so we did this event in the stadium earlier in the day and people came and pitched their gadgets and, you know, this solves this problem, whatever. We got great press coverage. And then that night we were the sponsors of the hockey game. So my client is on a Zamboni waving and I got to go on a Zamboni, which was just the coolest thing. If you've never ridden on a Zamboni, it's so cool. And, and the press coverage that we got and give giveaways that we gave to the audience. And it was such fun and such joy. And the client was so happy with everything that I remember that evening he said to me, Andrea, round up everyone on the team, you know, because I had another person or two who was working for me and he had people from his staff that were helping us. I said, what are we doing? He says, just do it. So I got the eight, 10 of us together and we're going through the stadium. We're walking. We're like, where are we going? And he arrives at the booth where they're selling all of the sweatshirts and T-shirts and he looks at everyone and he hands his credit card over. He says, everybody gets something. You guys all deserve something. And it was the simplest thing that I got this fleece, but it was just appreciation. You guys worked real hard. And as I traveled around the country with this client, we would have the most amazing time. We were in Cleveland and we went to a restaurant for dinner. There were three of us. And the waitress says, Oh, the appetizer today is beef cheeks. Um, I don't know what beef cheeks are. And none of us, the three of us had no clue. We had never heard of that. And 
So my client says, what is that? And, and the waitress proceeded to say beef cheeks while she rubbed her cheek. And so that became this kickoff that the client always had to order something different because we had to try things. We were in Akron, Ohio and had deep fried pickles. You know, we, we would be in different. I remember when we were in, um, oh gosh, Minneapolis. And um, oh my goodness, now I'm blank on the name of that fish, but you can't get this fish anywhere else, but in like Minneapolis. So we had to order the fish. And then we had to go to the Mall of America to ride an indoor Ferris wheel. So we would do these things. And this client loved to have a good time. And, and for me, I was getting all this press coverage, but I was appreciated. And, uh, and so that's just a fun memory that I'll always have of traveling all over the country to conferences and, and events to secure press coverage for this particular client. Well, that's great. Uh, the, the clients make it fun. Uh, in in marketing, uh, kind of, we work in marketing. Me and you both work in marketing. My my day job, because I'm hosting this, is I, I'm director of internal marketing for a company. And I have my own little side hustle of marketing business and, and everything else. Uh, what? It, marketing is fun. The clients make it fun, the innovation, the the just the journey. Like you said, you have to set up pitch events. You have to find new and different ways to excel over and outside of the noise. And PR is a very personal version of marketing. Um, you've been doing this, uh, no offense, you mentioned Dan Rather, so I feel I can say you've been doing this for a long time. And so <laughs> in marketing, in marketing, what are some of the things that you've seen change and struggle in that marketing stratosphere? Well, I think obviously marketing is a huge umbrella. And that's where clients have to understand there are so many elements in the marketing mix. And public relations is simply one of the many mm -hmm. elements that fall under that marketing umbrella. And boy, has my world changed. My world, number one, it used to be the days that you'd pick up the telephone and you would call an assignment desk or you would call a reporter and someone would actually pick up the phone. And if they weren't there, they returned a call. Gone are those days. Everything is done in an email pitch. And so sometimes you feel like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something will stick. It's frustrating. The other change, pay to play. There are many editorial opportunities ha that have become advertorial, sponsorship. I don't like it, nor do I recommend it a majority of the time for my clients. And that's where it's frustrating. Every media outlet needs to make a buck. I mean, you watch segments on Good Morning America or the Today Show, and they tell you a portion of sales, you know, is XYZ, it's going back to the company. So all those deals and steals and steals and deals, they're making money off of that. You see that on Extra and Access Hollywood. These are all opportunities that you pay and they're making money. And there are lifestyle experts that go down the table with the latest, greatest back to school or holiday or whatever gadgets. Well, the brands are paying for that. So is there a return on investment? Yes, sometimes, but not all the time. So for me, in my public relations world, I hate pay for play. 
But there are times that that's the only way to get a story told. As a matter of fact, after you and I are done speaking, I have a call with a client about a paid editorial opportunity and the client knows I'm not happy about it. However, it's an important audience for the, for the client. And so we might go ahead and do a provided bylined article. So we'll have to see how we do that and how I can negotiate the rate down. But, but public relations has changed so much uh, over the last few years. And, and, and just the influx of podcasts. I mean, podcasts are an amazing opportunity to tell a story in a long form format. So I highly recommend podcasts because a, a potential customer, client, buyer, it's a one and another one and another one. So someone might hear me today on the Small Business Chronicles podcast and say, oh, I'm hiring Andrea Pass Public Relations. I heard her speak with Ryan. So it's that opportunity where podcasts are growing tremendously and most podcasts are hosted and produced by homegrown journalists, people who may not have gone to college for journalism, but that's okay. They have a knowledge base that is true knowledge from experience in order to produce and host a podcast and get that podcast out on appropriate platforms and promote that on social media. So I work with my clients because doing a long form interview, it's not easy. And, and for many who are not comfortable speaking, it, it's challenging. But the client has to have a comfort level and has to learn what's going to work on a podcast and what isn't going to work. But podcasting is here to stay and it gives people an opportunity to absorb content while they're jogging, while they're walking the dog, while they're cooking dinner. So while they're doing something else and have it on in the background, but they're getting it, they're hearing it and learning from it. So that's been a wonderful addition to my world of public relations. Uh, the podcasting thing is so neat to talk about. Uh, a, a few years ago, I did that. I, I was in a podcast. It was more comedy style. Just a bunch of our friends got together, did the thing. It got pretty popular and it just kind of the wheels kind of fell off, as you'd call it, and, and just went on. But from there, I transitioned into it transitioned into terrestrial radio. Um, it, here where I live in Missouri, I was on air for a couple of years. I did an afternoon show, would go on all the events and interview people. Cause I'm that outgoing. I'm the, I'm the one, I'm not trying to make it about me. I'm just my part of my journey, you know, and, um, you're right. And so I, I, I go and I get at this marketing company and I'm doing my own marketing thing. And, and me and Cash are talking one day and we're like, podcast, let's try it. Let's, you know, let, let's do this. So we started being guests on podcasts. We started doing, using all the apps and becoming guests on podcasts and, and, and doing that. And then we're like, let's just do our own. Like, like we're doing all of this other stuff. So caches has become really, really we're, we're on episode. We're way up in the numbers. This one's just launching and getting started, but you're right. It's an amazing way to meet people. It's an amazing way to get your ideas out there. It's an amazing way to talk to an audience you might not normally talk to because you have the Joe Rogans and you have the, the big time pod save America's and, and, and all of this out there that get, 
but but the real meat of the matter is on these small podcasts because you you're right you can niche down you could probably go start an as seen on tv podcast nowadays and just talk to inventors you 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 could go out and you could start um i clean my glasses with a wet wipe instead of a towel podcast and find an audience for that Uh, that's why podcasts are so amazing a podcast really gives you that opportunity to get to know one another and to to hone in on that. And I think that's what makes it fun, interesting, and educational because I think so many people are always looking for something. And it gives that opportunity to say that something. And what's great about a podcast is a podcast is evergreen. I mean, I'm not sitting here today talking to you about an event that's happening next Tuesday at 2 p.m. I'm talking about things that are generic, that are evergreen. So the fact that I am a guest on the Small Business Chronicles podcast is an opportunity for you to share this over and over again and for me to share with the Andrea Pass public relations audience over and over again because it's not dated. And that's something I tell my clients. When you're on a podcast, don't bring up dates. Don't discuss, is it a snowstorm right now or a heat wave? That part is not important. Talk about you and your business. And there could be someone listening that says, hey, I need that. I'm going to call XYZ client. And and that's what's wonderful about a podcast is that you can get to know each other. And um, I have a, a funny a funny podcast story. Can I share? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So a gentleman uh, was had a podcast and it had to do with productivity. And so I reached out to him to pitch a client of mine that I thought would be a great guest on the podcast. And his response, have the client call me. Well, I'm the PR person. It's my job. I don't deal with PR people. So this went back and forth, these emails between the two of us. And I said to him, can you give me 15 minutes and I will change your mind? Just 15 minutes is all I ask. And he was not a happy camper. Uh, But we decided we're going to, I don't remember if it was a phone call or a Zoom call. I don't remember. We're going to do a call. So I get on the call. And the first thing I say to him is, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I've never seen an episode of The Living Dead. He says, you listen to my podcast. I said, of course I listen to your podcast. Then we went on and we were talking about something else and I brought up another issue. All right, so I I listened to three episodes, not the whole thing, I'll admit, but three episodes of the podcast so I can have a conversation. He says, I'm gonna work with you. You will be the only PR person I work with. Do not let any other PR person know that I'm working with a PR person. And, uh, you know, he then changed the format and his podcast now is only him. He doesn't take any guests, but um, he would take every client of mine, no matter what, because he knew I would give him the information. And as a public relations professional, I provide the background about my client to the podcaster whether it's a bio, an overview, website, social media pages, images, potential questions. By providing that, the host or producer doesn't have to do all that research and work. So it's making life easier for them. They're able to tag my clients and then my clients are able to tag the podcast back. So having a public relations person makes you bigger, makes you more important. Because you're sending that information. If someone reaches out to the client, oh, 
let me get this to Andrea. She's my public relations person. She'll get back to you. And also, I know the questions to ask because I had another situation just a few weeks ago. A client said, oh, you know, someone reached out to me. I said, I'll follow up. As soon as I saw the name, I said, it's pay to play. Oh, yeah. And so I knew exactly who it was. And I, I said to the client, this is going to be pay to play, but I will get the information for you. And it was a, a TV show in the middle of the night that's 30 grand. And, oh, we, we researched you. No, you didn't. You know, and I said, I have better use of your 30 grand. If you'd like to pay me 30 grand more, I will spend that for you. I, I will get appropriate pay to play. But that one isn't going to result in sales for you. Um, but it, it, but I know that because I'm an experienced public relations professional. So it's my job to ask the questions. It's my job to know, and it's my job to make new relationships. And, and that's part of the business. My two word mantra, relationships matter. I, I agree. Uh, so we're, we're coming up on time here. So what, uh, I got two final questions for you. Uh, the first one is what's next. You, you've been doing this You're You're constantly evolving and growing to maintain and stay successful. So in, in a couple minutes, tell me what's next. What's next is keeping it going. I don't want to hire anyone. I don't want to grow by leaps and bounds. I'm at a stage of my life. I'd like a steady four to six clients at any given time on a six month monthly public relations retainer. I want to be able to take an afternoon off and get together with a friend or read a book uh, or take a vacation and not have to panic. But I want to keep doing Andrea Pass public relations for a long, long time, because when you love what you do, you haven't worked a day in your life. And how do we get a hold of you and how do we find you? Well, uh, I'm at AndreaPassPR.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Andrea Pass, on Facebook, Andrea Pass Public Relations, and on Instagram, Andrea Pass PR. So I'm, I'm out there and, and I invite any of your listeners who would like a complimentary consultation to go to my website, book an appointment, but make sure that you note in the notes that you heard me on Ryan's Small Business Chronicles podcast because I'll let you know why you need PR, how it could work, and how it could grow your business and your sales. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you. I loved uh, uh, learning about PR, especially where you're at. You said you're in Jersey, New York. I imagine it's quite busy there. So thank you for taking time out and and talking to us today. Um, and I look forward to, to, like you say, relationships matter. And I feel like maybe we started one today. So I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Thank you.